and welcome to this week's Talking Cods Wallop. And I am flying solo on this one, so it's a little bit different. Gemma couldn't be with us, but she has apologised very much. And to make up for it, I have a wonderful guest for this episode, truly wonderful. Uh, a lady who I've had the pleasure of being on her show, but for this one, we're reversing it slightly. It's going to be slightly different because normally she's the one asking the questions, but this time I will be asking the questions. Without further to do ado, as the listeners will know, I never know which one you're supposed to say properly, so I just threw in both to be safe. Uh, I bring the guest we have for us this week is the wonderful, the talented Vicky Hodges, who runs a phenomenally cool and brilliant site called the Bond Room Unlocked. Vicky, how are you doing? Hello there, James. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm good, thanks. Well, Excellent. I'm glad you're okay. And obviously, thank you for, for, for coming on to this. So to give the our listeners who we nicknamed Salty Tadpoles uh, on Talking Codswallop, um, to give them some idea, as I said, Vicky runs a brilliant, wonderful James Bond. Uh, we'll, we'll go with James Bond-centric, because that seems to be the sort of words people use. James Bond-centric site uh, and also YouTube channel as well. And that's how we first got to got to know each other. Uh, I was a guest, a panellist on your quiz, but I'm getting ahead of myself for people. So <laughs> I always like to start by saying, Vicky, tell me a bit about yourself. Where does your story begin? Okay, so I'm from the West Midlands. I live about half an hour away from, for those Peaky Blinders fans out there, I live half an hour from a place called the Black Country Museum, which is where part of Peaky Blinders, Charlie's Yard is filmed. So that gives you some idea roughly whereabouts I am from. Um, I pre pretty much um, went through the usual school, college, university, uh, Wolverhampton University, uh, where I studied drama and film studies, um, which I took a, a massive career change then and went into retail, which was strange, for 20 years. <laughs> And why not? Things where, I mean, things where, yeah. take, things where, uh, where things take you. Mm -hmm. And then after that, now I have my own business. But on the side of that, I do the Bond Room Unlocked, which um, takes up a fair bit of time now It's a bit as it's growing. It certainly is growing, yes. Yeah. So uh, what, what does it you do for a, for a living, if you don't mind me asking? For, oh, for the 20 years, I was a retail manager, so a, a customer service manager, mm -hmm. dealing with the public in, in in a in a in a branded store. Oh, the public. Oh, <laughs> yeah. scary. Oh. Yeah. Complete scary change. Stuff. I think it was because I I studied drama and and film at university and mm -hmm. wanted to go on the stage. Actually, that was my thing. I wanted to because I I play keyboard. Uh, I don't do it as much now, but I used to sing a lot, write songs. So that was the thing that I wanted to do. So, and then. I got a, a, I suppose, a weekend job and more money offered. You take that money and then you get promoted and you sort of then get stuck in a rut for 20 years, <laughs> I suppose. Um, not that I would change anything because, you know, I've, I've met some remarkable people along the way and it's it's helped me in my um, in, in what I do now. But um, it's one of those things that I suppose you have um, – an idea of what you want to do, but it doesn't always work out like that. And I suppose doing the Bond Room Unlocked now and doing the YouTube, I'm sort of still fulfilling what I originally sort of wanted to do by being 
I suppose, in front of a camera. Um, uh, obviously not singing, but you know, it's it, it's a little it's a little bit of, of fulfilling a little bit of that, and doing the film stuff as well, doing the the film studies um, and having to do videos for for that at university. Sort of, you know, um, it sort of helped me along the way with where I'm now. And when you were when you were really young, because you obviously mentioned you you went off to study kind of film, like, uh, uh, you know, acting. What was it you wanted to do as a child? What did you really? I'm always interested to what people really want to do. Do you know? <laughs> uh, do you know? I always wanted to be. I always used to say I want to be an ice cream van, not actually an ice cream man or a person, as you would say now, but an ice cream van for some reason. Hey, as a very small child, <laughs> it's all good. I wanted to be a transformer. So. <laughs> so, I don't understand. I, I think it might be because I, uh, the ice cream man that used to travel down our road used to play mm -hmm. Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra, which is a very odd choice for an ice cream <laughs> song or theme. So uh, yeah, I think that must have just stuck with me. But um, I did do. Um, I did have thirty years doing amateur dramatics. Um, concerts and panto and musicals and all that and you know for uh, basically the local community where I where I lived when I was at, at my mom's um, and that was a really fulfilling part of my life and I was sad when that that sort of finished um, because that that was a weekly thing twice three times a week we'd go off and do these fantastic productions and and I suppose as you get older things change and people move on and you know and so so to do do the YouTube stuff now and do the the Facebook group now, it's it, it sort of uh, brought a little bit of that back, I suppose. A bit of nostalgia. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question with regard to fact say, you said you were doing the Amdram. What was yeah. it? You what was your favourite kind of? Uh, well, what was your favourite thing you did with regard to that? What was your favourite say play or okay, piece so of acting? I started amateur dramatics when I was five. Okay. Oh, now that's impressive. So, that is very I'm, impressive. And I finished. And I finished basically um the with doing that around about 35 so that's about 35 years and over the time when when i first did say pantomime being as we're coming towards the christmas season and all that um i started off you know in a tiny little role you know a background and then as as years went on and on and on then i got you know bigger roles and and i just enjoyed i i always used to get back the role like say buttons from Cinderella, you know, the one that everybody would feel sorry for and the audience would have to go, oh, you know, and all that. And it was great actually just bantering with the audience, uh, you know, and ad-libbing with the audience. And they, they, were, just, they were just great times and, and, and sadly missed by me, to be honest with you. Um, just, it was just, uh, it just great just to see people enjoying the show and enjoying what you're doing, you know, so. And would you ever, because you're saying you missed it, do you think you would ever like to go back to doing something like uh, that it's, now? It's time. It's time now. Mm -hmm. um, you, you seem to have all the time in the world when you're younger. And now you seem to, well, I tend to, you know, try and, you've got to try and juggle everything. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, yes, we've got the YouTube stuff. But, of course, I my job now is I have my own business, uh, which mm -hmm. I actually deal with animals <laughs> so again complete shift <laughs> so you know i'm doing that as well as, as other things so it's it, trying to fit that in would it, it it would be a struggle now which i suppose is quite sad really and i ought to try and make more effort <laughs> so you mentioned obviously doing pantomimes and obviously the big thing uh with pantomimes is the, the thing that he's always said is it's behind you so yeah. i 
I cannot help but notice you have a wonderful is that is that a poster or is that a it's a double would... yeah it's a double sided um vinyl golden eye poster um which is probably where the start of everything that I do now began due to this behind me um I went to see golden eye back in 95 I, I'd watched bond films before that with my family, you know, through the through the course of, um, you know, uh, Christmases and bank holidays when when the old Bond films were on TV, um, and I went to see GoldenEye in '95 and saw it four times that week. And the cinema or the old flea pit, as we as we, as I use as, as I call it, it's only got two screens um, in our hometown. Um, had had got this hanging up and I just asked if I could have it and they in those days you they would give you uh, they gave me this they gave me a hanging mobile which had got the characters on and uh, some lobby cards as well and the, and uh, on the other side the, the, the other poster the if anybody knows gold now really well as uh, two styles of poster you've got the one with the flames on on the opposite side of this one um and I've had this for now 27 years and it's still it's still hanging up. <laughs> it's it's well, first I'm impressed that you had a cinema that had two screens. You mentioned the flea pit thing, because the yeah. this really small cinemas I went to as a child, the cinema I saw Goldeneye in, one screen. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one screen. You would you, you would appreciate what was on what was on, you would enjoy it, you accepted, that was it. So well, you mentioned with Bond, obviously, your initial interest. You knew it as a, as you when you were young, you'd watch on TV and things. Yeah. So what was it about GoldenEye that really grabbed your attention? Is it the fact that there'd been a big gap between that yeah. and, uh, and, and Dalton's yeah. Bond? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there was a big gap. And also I was a big Pierce Brosnan fan before the film. So I was I was highly, well, I was very happy that he, he got the role um, and... Um, it it was just it was just fantastic and it's for me now I just look on look back on that particular film with so, so much nostalgia and I love the nineties uh, the nineties is my era the films are fantastic in the nineties are um, just there was such a variety of different films out whereas today I think it's a lot of Marvel and a lot of Harry Potter and uh, you know a lot of for the last 10 years we've had Marvel um mm -hmm. a lot of CGI I'm not a fan of CGI I, if I if if CGI is in a film it needs to be a good quality um so the 90s was just great because there was just everything everything action and there was thrillers and there was uh, romantic comedy then you don't seem to get that variety now um so I'm a big big fan of, of, of 90s films um even though my favorite film is Jaws, which is 1975. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my favourite. Well, there's no CGI in that. And nope. on the point of CGI, I won't mention kite surfing. If you're a Bond fan, <laughs> you understand what I'm on about. Yeah. So you, you obviously got into, you know, you got yourself back into the Bond thing. You got more into the Bond with the big way. What you mm. have, though, is a phenomenal collection of Bond items. Mm. How, how did you pull this off? How have you done it? Because I have a few Bond things, but... I've seen stuff that you've got, and it's, it blows my mind. It's a huge collection. How? Where did it begin? Where did the genesis of this this collection? So, so of course, it started with this poster, um, mm -hmm. and then I just started getting. I wanted to just get more and more 
bond items, um, you know, more golden eye things, um, you know, and then I branched into, well, let's get some um, memorabilia from the other Bond actors and Bond films. And I ended up having all of this stuff round me in my bedroom at my mum's. So I literally, the bed was in the middle and all of this, this was hanging on the wall, it was all round me. Um, and then when I moved out and moved into my own house, I mm-hmm. very, my husband very kindly gave me a, a room to put it all in, um, which I know many people don't have that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so, so I have a Bond room um, and one day I was in there moving some things around, putting some shelves up, making room for some new things and thought, there's only myself and my husband who see this. I, mm. I really need to get other people to see it. And um, over a year ago then, that's when I put out the first YouTube episode about the Bond room and what was in the Bond room. Um, so, yeah, that's where, it, that's where it started. And what has been the, to, to give an idea from like my standpoint, I have a few things I do collect stuff. I go to conventions, mm. things like that. Um, what has been the most difficult thing for you to get? And what has been the, the most rewarding? It's difficulties. And, I'm, and this is still happening is when you've got a collection uh, of a set of something and you're after that final one from the set and you most of the time it's the one that's the most the most expensive or you know um <laughs> yeah. i have a set of sideshow figures um mm-hmm. which came out in the in the 90s of uh, various characters and they're, they're, you know they're, they're quite big um quite big and um this i've still got three or four of those still to get and you know you're looking two three hundred pounds for some of them it's it's the and, and when I originally bought them, they'd have been about 30, 30 pound ish, 25, 30 pound. Because I used to go to, well, I still do go to a lot of memorabilia fairs and comic cons and you pick up a lot of James Bond items then. Not so much now. Um, there's the, the type of memorabilia that is coming out now for the collector is more about you wanting to be Bond and dressing as Bond. Uh, a lot of clothing brands, whereas my collection is more about the is more accessible to the av- sort of both the average Joe, you know, figures and cars and um, statues and you, you know, uh, bric-a-brac of Bond, I suppose you could say. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's very interesting the point you just made about the fact that it's got more to turning into becoming close to Bond because if you think about it. Today alone, I've seen the thing where people have been saying you can buy N Peel clothing mm-hmm. that they've not they've not money off. It's still a hell of a lot of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> even with yes. a fifteen percent discount for what it is. And you're right, there has been this shift now, certainly where it's gone from buying things that would remind you of the fil- of the films, say uh, small yeah. collectible items, to becoming how can you make yourself more like it. There's been more emphasis on being more like the character. And yeah, I, I don't know if that's anything that maybe has been inspired by the 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 cosplay uh, era of 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 um affairs mm-hmm. where you know people want to dress up like their favorite characters and you know and um you I, I, and I've seen good and bad over the years at these fairs that people have you know and have dressed up as and I think that may have an influence now on on where some of these things are, are sort of going. 
Um, but I myself don't want to dress up as James Bond, as you can imagine. <laughs> you know, um, I'm more of a of a let's have a, a Sky Electric or something or a um, a board game. You know, I'm, I'm more that type of memorabilia. Although I have got some um, um, props and bits and pieces as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's where my collection tends to stem. It, it is interesting to when you talk about the fact that people do. I mean, cosplay is a big thing. I see, so I do convert. I do go to conventions, yeah. but I don't do it myself. It's not my bag. But when we finally got to meet in person, we were at the Cue the Music show in Buxton, um, yes. and I was—I probably shouldn't have been, but I was surprised by the number of people who wore dinner suits. <laughs> I yes. didn't expect that, and I guess that's people attempting to dress up and look a bit more like Bond than than yes. uh, just and- going. Yeah, I mean, I've recently been to a um, a Bond weekend event for the 60 years of Bond uh, through Shaken and Not and Not Stirred Facebook group, and we had a casino night, and everybody there was dressed in dinner jackets, mm-hmm. and the females were dressed in evening dresses because that's and because because we were we were in a casino, so it was like we were part of that sort of um, you know Goldfinger type that's casino. Yeah, you, you want to be part of that, so. I can sort of understand it in you know in in that respect, and but I generally wouldn't just go out dressed as as James as James Bond or a Bond girl just rounding about. Understandable. So, what has been when we go back to looking at the Bond room done lot? What has been you mentioned like the the difficulty of kind of getting uh, collecting and getting certain things? What's been the 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 simplest thing to get? Oh, um, I think it's always nice when when you can get something from a cinema that and they'll give you you know they'll give it you i mean it's, it's becoming harder to do that today because we it now is. have digital posters which mm-hmm. is a shame really because it's not i like to have a physical item <laughs> uh, you know i'm one of these people even with a film i like to have a physical copy of something you know uh, yes you can stream a lot of things but i like to have a physical dvd or, or blu-ray or you know i like to have something um so i suppose in in the day that that was that was one of the things that was quite easy to do um you you there's so many um pop vinyls now uh, the pop vinyls are very popular across all sort of mediums um so they're quite accessible to get um one of my favorite items that i have in my bond room is actually a car that my brother bought me for one i think either birthday or christmas and it's um a model of the DB5 from Goldfinger, and it's by Auto Art, and it's it's one eighteenth scale, so it's 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 about that that big, and it's it's such a lovely lovely car, lovely presentation box. That's probably my favourite item in the room, um, and I mean, you're probably looking at that. I think that was about forty pound when you may have bought that roughly, mm-hmm. and you. Can't get one from for lower than three hundred now. It's, that particular it's, model, it's it's, am, it's, it's amazing <laughs> the 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 shift you've you seen the price of things. It's it absolutely it's good if you're the person mm. who's got it. It's terrible if you're the person who's trying to buy it. That's, well, that's that, I mean, even I struggle as I say. I'm trying to finish sets off and like you know you and this 
they're, they're phenomenal prices now. So, you know, it's. Uh, I would say to anybody, if you are getting a collection, try and get it all in one go rather than trying to get bits of it. That's not always doesn't always um, doesn't always work. But you know, <laughs> I I feel your pain because one of the things I wanted to get to complete a bit of a collection I have is to the Living Daylights. So what I really wanted was the Phillips keyring. Now, for anybody who ah. knows, there's a keyring in the film. Uh, I might as well sell a kidney. It'd probably be easier to sell a kidney <laughs> than try and get one of those things because the yeah. cost is phenomenal. So I've given up on that idea entirely. Yeah, so yeah. if I take you back to the fact that you were talking about the, the, the Bond room unlocked, so obviously mm. you decided I've got all these wonderful things and I want to share them with the world. And you obviously you did a video of that that shows what you've got. How did we turn into, how did we shift from that <laughs> to the quiz? <laughs> yeah, Um Okay, so I was quite late to YouTube and social media. I will be honest, I was very, very late coming to it. And if I'd only I'd known about this 10 years ago, I think, um, you know, in, in terms of me dealing with it. But um, I really knew, I, I watch YouTubers on, I'm a, I'm a theme park fan as well. Yeah, I love a theme park. Uh, you know, whether it be uh, in this country or abroad. And I watch a lot of YouTubers, um, particularly over in Florida, who, who look at, you know, the, the theme park Disneyland and of Disney World and all that. Um, and I, I think I'd started watching those from about tw 2016. So with that in mind and how they do that, I was thinking, well, I wonder if I could do that with with the Bond room. Um, and I mean, the very first episode I put out was literally just me just talking about the room and what I'd got in there and what inspires people to collect. And then the second video was hints and tips on how to collect. And then after that, it started to change. Um, and it's, 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 I started to introduce the fans um, into talking on, on the videos as well. And then that sort of expanded so yes, the the central core of the um, the video is taking an item from the room and relating it to one of the films, but also then now getting you know fans or guests sometimes to talk about uh, their thoughts on that particular film. Um, so it's sort of progressed from where it started or, or ex uh, has expanded, I suppose. Yeah, and they've always been very good. And I'm not just saying I have been in a couple of things where I've discussed stuff. <laughs> not me stroking my own ego too much, but it is really good stuff you've created. And it's interesting to hear people's takes on things. And sometimes they may have unpopular opinions. And they have popular opinions. Mm. It's, it is what it is. Now, I'm going to assume that one of the tough things for you when you do things like the quiz, et cetera, is it's the research element. So you would, are you working on all the stuff you've remembered yourself about the films or do you do a bit of a deep dive? Bits and pieces. So essentially, um, because I had the YouTube channel, uh, the YouTube channel, I thought, right, I'll, I'll sister that with a Facebook group and the mm. two interlink. Because the Facebook group, you can, you know, do other, thing, other things on. There's only so much you can do on any sort of a YouTube channel, you know. So uh, as the YouTube channel grew, I started to think, right, okay, let's give the members of the Facebook group the choice of picking the film for my next video. So I don't actually pick the content. Well, I pick, I, I do pick the content, but not, I don't pick the starting point. So what I thought, I'll put on four films randomly picked, 
and let them vote which one they think I should do the next episode on. And then I will look in my bond room, see what I've got, and then think, right, what can I do that will be interesting to talk about and include fans to talk about from that? So, for example, recently we've just done um, Moonraker, um, look at Moonraker, and, in, and, and um, we've done it as a debate. So I've got two fans um, debating, one good, one one really likes Moonraker and one absolutely despises it. And they have a sort of a debate over what they think. And um, I've took an item which would have been, in this case, a Moonraker annual from 1979 to tie in, you know, to link everything together. So essentially it starts with the fans and it's made for the fans. So that, that's sort of where it's now progressed from just looking around my room. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a fact, because you mentioned that you also give them a list of films that they yeah. can choose from. Have you ever had somewhere they've chosen me for, oh, my God, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Sometimes you can be scratching your head a little. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be honest, possibly the next film coming up is is one where I'm like, right, OK, what can I? You, I tend to find that it tends to be the ones that not not saying the ones I don't enjoy, because I enjoy them all. Um, but there are some that we all watch more than others and can be a bit more trickier to speak about. So, for example, I'm going to give you an example, Quantum of Solace. It's not, not everybody's favourite, certainly not one of my favourites, but it has a lot to, you know, to be discussed in there. And that's that will be the next subject for the next video. So, um, you know, and looking at, well, OK, what can we actually focus on um, in that film that will bring in, fans to debate and we i think there's some some good uh good content in there now as it's in planning stages <laughs> and so you obviously mentioned that there's certain bond films that we love that generally yeah. well everybody has a different view of bond and there's always this mm. common bit, like with a lot of things the first bond you see is kind of like the one you like the most so what are your earliest bond memories okay so my favorite bond film you would think would be Goldeneye, but it's you'd not. Think, you'd think so, because the bloody great big poster behind it. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> Goldfinger. Okay. My, well, my favourite Bond actor is Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. Brosnan is a second. So and Goldfinger for me just got, it, it, well, it, as we all know, it, it's, formula bond, it's formula Bond. It's um has all the elements that bring together, you know, what we see now in a Bond film, or up to a certain point, up to some of Daniel Craig's films, uh, locations, girls, gadgets, um, one-liners, it's got it all. Um, and it, there's so much in that film that are my favourites. So my favourite villain is Goldfinger. And, and yeah, my favourite henchman is Oddjob. <laughs> so there's lots. My favourite car is the DB5. Mm -hmm. um, and so that tends to be, I think when I first saw that film, I was just thought, Wow, um, because there's so many interesting elements to it um, that that it's always stuck with me, and I, and I think that's why it's become my my favourite uh, film, and I could watch it over and over. I think it's great. And that's one of the things with Bond that I've found it does have this almost like addictive quality that you can for me to live in daylights. And God, I, I yes. dread to think I dread to think how many times I've seen that film. 
the, the things I've you know I've purchased probably more times than I should have done when it comes to the different versions on DVD and Blu-ray and da, da, da. Uh, but yeah it's it's one of those things where it does become well, I guess you've got the room, you know, you end up yeah. amassing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, how, how I look at it, uh, and this is by pure chance, and it was only mm-hmm. when I was reeling off a list to somebody, another Bond fan, that I realised that my top seven films include every Bond actor without me realising it. So number one would be Sean, Con- would be Sean Connery, so Goldfinger and... Uh, from Russia with Love, so that's one and two. My third favourite film is Goldeneye, mm-hmm. so that covers Brosnan. My fourth favourite film is Casino Royale, so that covers Daniel Craig. My fifth film is On Her Majesty's Secret Service, so that covers George Lazenby. Uh, six would be The Spy Who Loved Me, so that covers Roger Moore. And then seven is Licence to Kill, which covers Timothy Dalton. And that's mm. by pure chance that I never realised that I got all of them in there. That's very, very very good. So we obviously mentioned your favourite, and it's always interesting. What's your least favourite Bond and why? Bond film, um, I think at the moment I'm going to have to say uh, No Time to Die is my least favourite. It's it's the ending. I I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but... I, I'm the sort of Bond fan who mm-hmm. believes that Bond wins the day, gets the girl, mm-hmm. kills the baddie, uh, you know, and I know I'm perhaps a, a traditional Bond fan mm-hmm. in that sense and to, um, No Time to Die was so far removed from that, I struggled. Um, and I, I did see it three times on release um, of various different formats and rather than getting better i actually found found it got worse because i knew what was coming um and i think you're either in the i really like it camp uh, camp or i really hate it camp i don't hate it because i think it has elements some really good elements in there um but it's probably the one that i would watch the least i'd say now I will share without giving anything away for people who haven't seen it but i'll just say i use very strong expletive at the end of <laughs> the end of that Yes, I, I was quite emotional and I couldn't quite work out why I was emotional. <laughs> but I, I do know now why I was, because I was more of like, why has this happened? <laughs> sort of thing. Yes. So you you yeah. clearly you clearly didn't come out with the what the and guess the swear word I use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was not I mean I've uh, pro- probably like you, I it's interesting because I've not rewatched it. Really, I think no. I maybe watched it once. So I bought it. I'm completist, but I, yeah. I'm not invested in seeing it as a film. No. It's not. That's exactly me. I I, had, I got the DVD and for I think last Christmas, and I haven't opened it. I haven't watched it because I I just can't bring myself to do it for some reason. <laughs> it, it it doesn't feel like Bond to me. No really no. as a film but it, it's an interesting thing because when you look back at the tenure of daniel craig i remember when he was announced i did not see it i mean how wrong was i mm-hmm. but i just thought this is very strange i remember his announcement i was thinking i can't really succeed on the, the same speech the guy from lay cake i'm really the guy from lay cake but he doesn't look like bond yeah. and then of course you, you know the view of seeing casino real completely changed my yeah. view of of him in the past. Yeah, now that for me is his, is his strongest film. I can't see a thing wrong with that film. I just think it's brilliant. And 
everything about it I love um and I don't think the other films encapsulated that obviously following up with Quantum of Solace that was a completely different uh you know that didn't even feel like a, a Bond film as well I'll be honest that was more like Jason Bourne <laughs> um in my opinion and it had a. It, it's interesting when you mentioned the style of ending, the ending you expect. Quantum of Solace didn't have the kind of ending you expect. No. Um, it, I remember uh, the girl I was going out at the time said to me, "Well, that's kind of like not a Bond ending. He's not in bed with the girl. It's not. It's not the end of the <laughs> stuff you expect." That's right. So I can I can see that 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 point there. What's been your biggest pleasant surprise with in Bond? Then would it have been Craig when he? He, he pulled it off for Casino Round. It was like, I get it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I came out of that that film thinking the Bond franchise is in good hands here. Um, on the back of uh, Die Another Day. Um, I mean, I, for me, Die Another Day in 2002 is a film of two halves. The first half is, is great. It's where <laughs> and then it just goes downhill. Um, I'm not... I'm not uh, and, and because it's a Brosnan film, you would think that you'd rate quite high with me, but no, I actually, it is lower ended for me. Um, so seeing how that sort of finished and how that was received and then having, uh, coming out of Casino Royale, it was just like more like, oh, I just, I, I was just so happy. Um, it, it felt like from Russia with love to me. It was that sort of like, uh, you know, proper, spy kind of thing you know and showing you the origins of where bond started from so yeah that I, I, yeah i just love that film um i'm just unfortunately quantum of solace didn't i didn't have that same feeling for quantum of solace as, as i left the cinema on that one but you know uh, <laughs> i would argue for quantum of solace it has a good introduction the car chases that really does grab your attention but interestingly that you were talking about um, sort of like the way Dying of the Day was perceived and looked at. One of the things I find interesting is people don't particularly like the music for mm. Dying of the Day with it being Madonna. And it's the, it was the same kick in the teeth with regard to the music for Quantum of Solace. One of the areas where people, obviously, we all have our favourite Bonds, favourite Bond films, all have the ones we hate, the ones we dislike, but a big dividing factor seems to be the music. And I'm not about the whole soundtracks. I'm just about the, 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 uh, the you know, the the title sort of music to yes. you. So, which is your favourite artist? Okay, so my um, favourite Bond theme is mm-hmm. um, "You Only Live Twice." Okay, I absolutely love that whole soundtrack. Actually, um, and it, Nancy Sinatra, who sang that, uh, really struggled, and they had to piece it together um you know to make it to make one decent recording um mm-hmm. she really struggled with with the song it, it was quite difficult uh, but i just love the whole sound of that uh, of course the film is set in japan and you know it, 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 it's got that whole sound that feel to it and uh, there's a scene in the actual film where bond um is fighting a group of ninjas on the to, uh, on the top of a building at, at Kyobi Docks and that music is played in the background as the camera pans out and you see this vast expanse of rooftop and how many how many ninjas he's got to fight and it's a fantastic scene and and the music just 
brings the whole element to that. So yes, a, a, a complete change again. There, I've gone for uh, for something <laughs> that I haven't mentioned yet. But yeah, that that's my favourite. Um, I when you talk about cause people do say I don't like the Madonna, you know, die another day soundtrack, and I don't like um, an, another way to die. Quantum of Solace. Um, I I don't mind the Madonna one in context of the of this of the title sequence i think it works in that in that concept um i'm not so keen on another way to die that is probably my least favorite um theme song um i think maybe because it's so different um maybe to i, I don't know I, um it doesn't it's not something that you could easily sing back i suppose maybe that's how i'm that's looking at true. it yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so I, I'm, I'm more of a sort of like uh the, the sort of melodic type um bond themes really um uh, saying that um after after um you only live twice my second favorite one is the world is not enough which is by garbage which is totally mm. different again it is totally so, yeah. different <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah we, i suppose we all have um have uh, the ones that we we really like. I mean, what what what's yours? What would you say yours is? It would be definitely my favourite. Would no surprises to anybody. Would be the Living Daylights. Yes. Um, I do absolutely love the, the the soundtrack. The whole King Caboodle with that one. But yeah. the thing on the thing I would say on Bond is it's the same thing with the films. It's the same thing with the music. Each, even if you dislike it, each one brings something that is positive mm. to it that you, mm. you can take enjoyment from. Each actor brings something that's a little different. Each song brings things that are a little different. Uh, my least favourite song, I don't know, because as I said, with all of them, I like a bit of them. I don't hate the Madonna song. Lots of people really no. No, I don't. Uh, I don't, and I, I think it sort of works in that sort of the way they've filmed the, you know, the the torture sequence at the beginning of the of the film. Um, I thought, hang on, the torture sequence was the beginning. I thought it was later on with the kite surfing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even I, even I grown at that. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think it, it's interesting how how people. Um, you know, are drawn to different different uh, soundtracks. Um, you know, another popular one, another one that I like is On a Majesty's Secret Service, which is just an instrumental. It hasn't got mm. any any words at all, and it, but it's fantastic. And as you know, we've heard Cue the Music play, yeah, and yeah. it's just fantastic uh, piece of music. Um, and it, it fits for, again fits well with the with the film. So going back to something we discussed earlier, so you have the the you know, the the literally the Bond room and lot, and you talk to fans through the, the Facebook stuff you've created where they can mm. look at the films and discuss the films and and do videos. How did the quiz come about? <laughs> okay, so on the Facebook group, uh, it gives me a little bit more scope to do a, a, you know other things. So, um, what you know, um, the quiz was just something that I thought fans could you know it's just just a a fun a fun evening really and, it, and it's not your typical type of quiz as you know it's uh, it you know you can't no. have many people play because we'd be here for three hours still going <laughs> around but um you know it's uh and it's it draws on topics that maybe you wouldn't have even thought about in a bond film so you know we might have a topic on a drink or, or uh, you know um um uh, a line a line from one of the songs you know and it's and sometimes it, it can just completely throw you you're like ah oh, and then you realize once you know what it is like, 
yes, of course, it's that. Um, so it's uh, it's just a bit of fun, really. Um, you know, um, just to to bring to the to, to the group more so than anything. To give our, our listeners an idea of how how the Vicky has created has created this wonderful quiz, and she will basically choose. She she may just say something like, uh, I don't know, say exploding pen, and you've got to then you've got to be able to discuss it in the context of the film and other things. Uh, so the exploding pen, I give you an idea, would be gold, and it could be a park pen. You'd mention all these things. What I want to know, and hopefully this will not ruin it for me in the future, is. Yeah. How do you do like the scoring thing? How do you because that's when I asked you about the research question? Uh, yes, because the research must be quite a tricky thing to be able to hit. All okay, these so, um, yeah, so there is. I have, a, I'm, I'm gonna get it there. Oh, if I can get up and I'll show you one of the things oh. that I use, okay, because it, it is a, uh, it is a, a bit of a point. This book, where am I? This book. <laughs> Is a godsend. <laughs> yeah, it, they, don't, they don't all come from this book, but um, mm -hmm. if I want to get something a little bit trickier, that's a good starter um, for for ten. Um, the, I tend to make sure I pick something from each top, you know, each uh, topic. So you know, make sure we've got a, a drink in there, make sure we've got a car in there, make sure we've got an actor or an actress in there. Mm -hmm. So you get a wide variety of different um, different questions, and, and just to make it more interesting, um, I do have to I do have to research. I'll, I'll be honest, there are people out there in the Bond community who know far more than I do. <laughs> Uh, believe you me um and we all have our little elements of you know we all have our areas of expertise uh, and films that we know really well and films that perhaps not quite as as as, as you know uh, up to speed on um you know and sometimes some of these questions can really catch you out um you know um uh, as you as you will full well know um and i think if i was on the other side of the of the um the coin and i was sitting where you was i think i would be like Mm, okay, I'm not sure if I'll go into that myself. So, so yeah, it's uh, it is interesting, and as I'm doing it, I'm learning as well. In in some cases, you know, um, well, I mean, there was the, on the most recent one, we had a question on Naomi Harris. Like Naomi Harris plays uh, Eve Moneypenny in the Daniel Craig films, and one of um, one of the things that came up was that her first TV role in 1987 was in a children's program called Simon and the Witch. Now we. Even I didn't know that. So we, we, we were all sort of like, oh, OK. Um, and then since then on the Facebook group, I have actually put a picture of oh, Naomi yeah. Harris on the page to say this is what she looked like. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's it's trying to tie it all together. So what we do on on the YouTube channel or on the, in the quiz will then come back to the Facebook group and those members on there can discuss it because not everybody's a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. We can only have so many on the quiz. So it just branches it out to to the rest of the members as well. As long as it doesn't become so obscure that it turns into a satellite live Star Trek sketch with Shatner when they say to him, <laughs> what was the uh, the combination you set of the safe in this episode? He's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, if you don't know it, and then when then when the the answer is revealed, everybody's like, oh yes, yeah. Very true. I can say I can say with uh, absolute certainty of knowledge that yeah, it usually does turn to them. Oh yeah, I should have known that. <laughs> so, if you 
could have been because we obviously bond is a shared passion for us shared interest if you could have been involved in the creation of any bond film event book whatever what would it be or for the future oh um i mean i would i would love to be on a um a bond set and just watching and seeing how things are you know created uh you know and um it just to sit there and watch it unfold more than actually being part of it. It would just be really interesting just to, to watch anything like that. And, um, you know, um, that that would be a, a thing for me. And I suppose um, over the years, I've, had, I've been fortunate to meet such a lot of Bond stars, which started in 1999. 1999 was the very first autograph on, on Bond star I met with Shirley Eaton, who, again... Oh, lo and behold, he's Goldfinger. <laughs> um, and so every time I went to a movie fair or, or you know, or event, I would then get more autographs. And, you know, and, and it's it's still ongoing. The most recent autograph, the last one I've, I've recently got, and to stick on the Goldfinger theme, it was um, a guy called Norman Wanstall, who was the sound editor on Dr. No for Russia with Love and he won an Oscar for Goldfinger for sound editing and to actually stand there and hold the Oscar that he actually won was amazing because it's so heavy and I'm never going to hold an Oscar again but it was really heavy and it was such an experience and the man was a fountain of knowledge he was such, such an honour to be in in his, in his presence because um it's such a you know these guys are, are pure talent and they they're sort of the unsung heroes really of of behind the scenes in Bond films sound editors and those sort of people so um, yeah that that was that was great so it's still ongoing I'm still getting more and more you know over the years I've been fortunate to meet oh, uh, Britt Eklund um, George Lazenby Richard Keel played Jaws. Uh, uh, Gloria Hendry, who played Rosie Carver from Live and Let Die. Uh, sorry, yeah, Live and Let Die. I thought I said that wrong then. Um, ooh, there's, there's, there's been, lot, been lots and lots. Honor Blackman as well, Goldfinger. So there's, there's some that I've been fortunate to meet. I would have loved to have met Desmond Llewellyn. That would have been the one, but unfortunately, uh, how things turn out. But uh, that would have been one that I would have really liked to have met. <laughs> what's been the out of meeting the various different people who've been involved with Bond? What's been the, the, the one that was probably the trickiest to pull off? Oh, um... And and how do you meet these people? How, has, it been, <laughs> has it been generally going to events or is yeah, it... Yeah, events. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, and getting... And getting an autograph and a picture and, and, and some, some have been so kind and, and, and have, have time to speak to you. Uh, more than others, really, you get some some um, you know stars who will just sign, and that's that's pretty much it, you know. But then you've got others who are very gracious and will speak to you for as long as they can. Um, and um, again, uh, uh, on the Bond Room Unlocked, I was fortunate to interview a uh, the world is not enough's henchman, one of the henchmen, uh, um, actor called Sean Cronin. And he was at the latest event that I went to, and he was so much fun. Um, and he's he, he's just uh, yeah, and, and they're, they're the sort of people you really remember um, because you know he he was happy to um, you know talk and and uh, have a, have a laugh with you and you know take you know 
take pictures and yeah he, he was so so much fun um so yeah definitely look look, look out for that uh, for sean because he, he's a director now and he he's he's, he's uh, doing some great stuff at the moment and what do you generally interact i mean you've kind of mentioned obviously when you're meeting people who've been involved in the making of the films what's your general interaction been like with fellow fans like me and other not not specifically me well, i don't mean <laughs> <laughs> that's really good I don't well, mean me. I mean just in general, yeah, to yeah, members yeah. of the fan base. Now, if I'm honest, there isn't many female Bond memorabilia collectors in the community. Mm. I'm probably one of my own, really, at the people that I know uh, in the community that I deal with. So, and speaking to um, another YouTuber again at the event I was recently at, uh, the Dutch Bond fan, he said he had never. Um, come across a female James Bond merchandise collector. So I am sort of <laughs> a single anomaly, I suppose. <laughs> but um, I'm not treated any different to, to anyone to anyone else. Um, we all have an opinion of who we like, who we don't like. I always say it's subjective. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's you know, it's it's personal taste. And um, and people seem to re, you know respect your opinion, even though they may not agree with it. They don't, you know they don't argue with you. That's that that's fine. It's it is like it, it would be a very boring community if we were all the same. <laughs> I would say it's also very interesting thinking about when we met at the Cue the Music uh, show, mm-hmm. the one that was on in Buxton. It was nice to be able to meet you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also everyone was very welcoming. It's that's something mm-hmm. I really liked as a community. Everybody's very welcoming. I got to meet people who knew who I was. I initially didn't know who they were until I had a, the moment where you twig that yeah. who they are. But it was just a, it's a great thing to be able to see these people. And it is it we're we seem a very yeah. open, kind, friendly family. Yes, a group of fans. And- yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's so welcoming. And uh, and one of the things that I, I've sort of started to sort of. Uh, to at first it seemed really weird i had i had um i was at a, a covcon the coventry film convention earlier on in the year and i had um a, a guy come up to me and he said you're you're vicky off the bond room unlocked and i just stood there like huh? like i watch your channel and that threw me completely because i was like really <laughs> you know i done that that, I find that odd. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that, but I find that really odd. <laughs> you do have people. I've had that a few times where people yeah. know who you are. You don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always very and the nice. Fact, well, the fact that they're watching my content as well, I yeah. sort of threw me completely. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but, it's very, so, but, uh, but I'm sort of getting a little bit okay. more used to that now, um, you know, and, and because it, it was just very strange <laughs> to start off. Very good. Very good content, though, Vicky. So you can see why people would come and would come and speak to you. You've, you've created something that's really good and very interesting. It's uh, so you. Who's been the when? Because you, you mentioned that obviously, you know, we we, we I interview people. You do interviews with people. What's been the the most rewarding interview you've done? Oh, uh, I haven't I haven't interviewed that many sort of famous people because that's not really what my uh, YouTube channel is about. Mm-hmm. It, occasionally, I'll throw in maybe an interview with, you know, as I say, Sean, and I've done um, a, a sort of um, a few uh, artists, Bond artists along the way, uh, you know, and I've got, I've got some more uh, other things lined up. But it, 
for me, I like to get it's it's more about the fans and getting the fans involved in because not not all Bond fans have the means to be able to put their point across. Not not everybody likes to be in front of the camera, or not everybody has the the facilities to do that or to work out how to do that. So I'm giving them the the platform to do it. That's basically it. Um, and that it's quite rewarding when you get um, you know people who said yes, I'm ha- I'm happy to. I'm happy to be part of your um, next video, um, in, you know, and then they'll they'll send me their content across, and 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 we go from there. I like that. It's a very good answer. I like that. So I'm going to ask you the real killer question mm. that every every Bond fan is asked: Who do you want as the next James Bond, and why? And who do you not want as the next James okay. Bond? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I'm a huge advocate for Aidan Turner. For those people who don't know who Aidan Turner is, he was Paul Dark on uh, on the BBC. <laughs> uh, but I think he was also in previous to that, um, is it Being Human? For those who watched that vampire um, show, I think it was. And um, also he was in an Agatha Christie um representation of and then there were none and it was that show that really sealed it for me the look he got the tuxedo on he was he that he's got quite curly hair really but he would flattened it that straightened it and he, he was just sitting there he was smoking and it was all like a mystery and i thought crikey that that's like bond from like the 1960s that type of look mm-hmm. and i thought that yeah but whether he will get that because they're saying that you know they've not got they've not chosen anyone yet and it's going to be a few years he's going to be early 40s by that time he might well have gone past that 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 period mm-hmm. um if they're looking for a younger actor um one name that crops up that I don't really, really don't want to be uh, Bond is Tom Hardy. I don't think he's the right person to be James Bond. He's too, well, no, he'd be too much like Daniel Craig for me, uh, you know, a rougher Bond. And I just don't think he's, he's right. He, again, he'd be too too old if, if, we, if we can say that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Aidan Turner, um, I wouldn't be disheartened if – Henry Cavill got it. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I don't think his acting is is brilliant, but um, he's got the look as well. Uh, I know he's a popular choice. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So Aiden Turner. Um. For me, I'd say. Um. Or possible little little outside choice, but maybe not have been considered. And I recently watched him in. Uh, net, a Netflix show called The Cabinet of um, Curiosities. Uh, by uh, Del Toro, the horror, the horror director, and uh, actor called Ben Barnes. I don't know if you've come across this guy, Ben Barnes. The name again. He, he's around about. He's around about the same sort of ages as Turner. So, you know, I, I have a feeling they're going to go for somebody younger this time. I mean, I for me, I'm hoping it would be Henry Cavill, but mm. I reckon I. I mean, she was a runner-up, wasn't he, to Daniel yes, Craig? Yes, that's right. So. Yeah. He does have that that in his favour, but again, the problem you've got is, you know, is he going to be too big mm-hmm. in the fact that you know he's Superman, he's done The yeah. Witcher, could yeah. he command, could could he demand too much money? Could he his yeah. previous roles are overshadow the part? So it's tricky. But yeah. hey, we're not the broccoli. 
No, and, and I mean another name that's that's come up. It's not a name that actually is like always mentioned, but it's a it's a name of uh, you know. And he's a but the thing is, he's an A-lister, and that's Chris Hemsworth. Now he would absolutely look the part, and the guy can act, but he's an A-lister, and you know, I mean, he's going to be, <laughs> you know, mucho money. Uh, yes, but uh, he would get he would get the credit. He, he would open up a whole new. I would say audience to Bond because he's got a huge following, and uh, you know, um, so he's another one. But you know, that's sort of like a way outside choice, really. <laughs> but it's certainly, it, you, I mean, you never know. You never know. No. Well, no, no, no. I mean, we it, wouldn't have predicted Daniel Craig, would no, we? No, we wouldn't have done it. And we, do, <laughs> so, the, other, the other thing is, we don't even know how far away it will be until the to the make the next film. We don't know what. That's the, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Be. And if you look at what happened with No Time to Die coming out, on the fact there was all the issues with COVID, it was delayed and delayed and delayed. Mm. And yeah, that. Um, so yeah, we you never know how it's gonna 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 go on things like that. I'm gonna ask you a bit of a controversial one, possibly well, yeah. possibly controversial. So with No Time to Die, we won't give away the ending. But what I will mm. say, something that surprised me, and I like your take on this, there was no tribute to the people who who were involved with Bond who died. So I expected something for Sean Connery. I expected something yeah. for Roger. Yeah. Nothing. And that really surprised me. I couldn't quite get my head around that one. Yes. I Because I, I, it had been, you know, such a long gap and, you know, people sort of passing in, in that time. Yeah. It, it was quite, it was quite um, surprising really that, that there wasn't anything there for those guys. And at the end of the day, you know, Sean started, Sean started it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, and Roger, uh, such a fun, such a fun uh, Bond. You know, uh, a lot of people's favourites. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I was born in the seventies, so Roger Moore was was actually the Bond, uh, you know, of, of my childhood. Um, you know, and he was the one that I was watching when I was a, a, a kid on the TV. So, you know, um, but of course, then seeing sort of Sean do it, and I could sort mm-hmm. of see where where it started. Um, you know, but. I'd probably still pick some of Roger Moore films over some of the Daniel Craig ones because they're fun. Yes, mm-hmm. they're quite wacky in places and cringy, but ultimately they, you know, they're fun, fun action films. So, um, and it's a shame that they didn't put something there as a tribute to them. Where do you stand interesting? Because obviously I know about your interest in the, the, the films and the music. I don't think I've ever asked you. Oh, I heard you so discuss so much. What's your, your view on the novels? I've read some of the novels. Some of them can be a hard read. Um, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> just to... <laughs> I don't know what you Some, mean, some are better than others. Uh, you know, they are of their time, pretty mm-hmm. much. You know, they are. Um, um I, I'm probably more of a film Bond fan than a book Bond fan, but I have got the books. I really could do with rereading. I will be honest, but it's been a, it's been a while since I, I have read them. But they are some some are uh, you know real tough to get through, and the films are never like the books. <laughs> they take bits of different books and put in the films, like. For example, in No Time to Die, we've got a little bit of uh, you, you Only Live Twice in, in, you know, in there in the book. So it's they they tend to pay homage in, in different ways, don't they? And it's interesting that we, with the more recent Bonds, well, with the Craigs, we never saw the novelisation of the films, which we used to... No, and I always like, an, I love a novelisation of the film. Yeah, that I, I love a novelisation of a film anyway. And that brings me back to what I was saying about the 90s. You used to get like the... 
the the film tying books to to any film that came out and i've got okay. such a load of different ones um you know uh, on my bookcase and you don't see that now and that I mean, used to be yeah it may well happen again in the future you don't know mm. so but yeah on the novels so would you say you would stick more to the work of fleming or do you just go into the gardner work or the benson or i i am reading the anthony horowitz the, the latest one that he um about halfway through that and i must admit i'm i'm enjoying that book it, it, it is it is reasonable it it's is good. really reasonable it yeah is yeah it is yeah yeah, and, I, and I think, like, yeah. <laughs> I got it and devoured it in, like, a few hours. I just plowed oh, through it. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sort of reader who has to read it in bits. I, I can't right. – I would like – it's it's a time thing more than anything, I think, mm-hmm. um, not having the time to sit sort of sit down and just read it for, for two hours or whatever. But, yes, uh, yeah, I am I am enjoying the book, and it's, it, it's, it's really readable. And when you read it, you find yourself sort of – I find myself sort of thinking what it would look like the scene would a scene would look like maybe in terms of a film thinking it about a film <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's I, just I, me <laughs> no no I, t- I totally understand what you mean i mean like for me it was very interesting when it came to the novels i was obviously aware of fleming's work but i didn't particularly read it i don't think i'd ever really read it my first introduction to the probably bonds in the novels was actually uh license renewed the John Garner book, which I found a battered, and I mean battered copy of, at a uh, like a, a, a church fair. And I was like, this looks interesting. What is this? Well, I knew what Bond was. And yeah, and from then on, I got into more of the books. I got into the Fleming stuff. And yeah, it became this horrible, that, that church fair was a lot to answer for because the deep dive began. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, to... You know, for me, it was always a case of, right, I've got to get a film tie-in, got to get the making of gonna have the making of and again you it's don't have di- those now it's not di- like how they used to <laughs> but that was the thing so yeah the making of things a very good point because i've got like a real addictive thing for for any film yeah 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 the, the stuff that you would see the extras so when i first yeah. got um the living daylights on dvd i was like there's all this extra stuff and it was just for me it was like wow the floodgates were open my eyes you know popping out my mm. head it was amazing you know, I've got the, and I think I've probably shown you this, I've got like the books of the making of the, like, the Living Daylights and the making of um, yeah. Honor Majesties. That stuff's just like, it's, it's you know, it's the greatest thing ever for me because it's like, wow, so this happened, this happened. And it doesn't yeah. seem to be to be happening they now. Don't, they, no, no, they don't tend to, or they tend to just be like pictures without any words or just a little caption underneath. Uh, you don't get that detail. You know, the making of Goldeneye was like a Bible. Of, you know, yeah. I, I loved that book. And, and I... And, and, and well, and any of those sort of films from that time, one of, I mean, this is not, not a Bond film, but I mentioned earlier on that one of my, my favorite film is Jaws. Yes, it yeah. was, it came out in the year I was born and it stalked me all the way through my life, basically. <laughs> um, because I did my university dissertation on that type of film. Um, it's classed as a crisis film. Um, mm. Not so much, yes, uh, not so much a horror film. It's a crisis film. So uh, The Exorcist is also one, um, Poseidon Adventure, Terror Inferno. All these 70s movies were all um, basically um, having a dig at society, American society at the time. So um, you'd have like a family unit and it would be threatened by an outside entity. So in in the case of Jaws, it was a shark, mm-hmm. you know. Um and one of my favourite books that I've got is is a making of Jaws, and it's it's um it's a huge thick book, 
uh, you know, and it is just a Bible <laughs> to, to homage to that that particular um, film. And um, it's it, it's a film that I can watch over and over again, and it doesn't seem as if it's set in the the seventies. I don't think it, it's timeless. Um, so yeah, that's my ultimate favourite film. <laughs> Somewhere, I'm hoping I've still got it. There. Are- there, there is one book I always say this to people I really regret getting rid of. Uh, I hope I've still got the Jaws log somewhere. There were two, yes, there was I know the Jaws, Jaws log, yeah. I want for the, the Jaws too. But yeah. the one book I, I regret getting rid of, that I kick myself, is a film called, uh, is a book three called Elvis What Happened. I got it at a charity shop in St. Helens when I was at college for like, say, 75p, and then got rid of it. It was falling to bits. It is worth a fortune a fortune yeah 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 it's a, I'm, I'm a very nostalgic person and i, I uh, in terms of, of of films um you know and i tend to think more of the films from the past rather than the films uh you know sort of in the last 10 years last 20 years uh, yes there's been some you know really good films but they don't they're not as memorable as the ones i would say from sort of for me sort of the the 80s and the 90s you know and it's a thing also that you kind of you've hit the nail on the head there and i guess it's uh, probably something we both kind of feel is that it's it's what it's what the film the memory the the, the memory of seeing that film maybe the first time invokes to a point in your childhood (laughs) or things like that well in the case of jaws Mm-hmm. I watched that as a kid, um, uh, first time it was ever put on the telly. So my brother had already been to the cinema and seen the film and knew what was happening. We pulled the settee out into the middle of the room. So the, so we were right on top of the telly. And um, for those people who know the film, uh, there's a there's quite a scary jump scare halfway through the film that Spielberg put in as an, an added extra. Um, and when that part of that film happens, my brother decided to jump out from behind the settee and at the same time as, as what was happening on the screen. And to this day, I cannot watch that scene. Really? Now, I recently went... I'm I not went, laughing at you, but I know yeah, exactly no, no, what you're true. about. Yeah. I recently went to see Jaws at mm-hmm. the cinema in 3D. Now, not 3D as in like Jaws 3D, the, how they did that, which is looks terrible now. It was very subtly done. It was almost as if you were bobbing in the water with them. It was It was that type of 3D. And I sat through that film and I've watched it. God, God, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it because I had to do my degree on it and all, all sorts. And um, I actually had, oh, my hands were shaking. I've got clammy hands. I felt like I was watching it for the first time. And that was only a few weeks ago. Wow. Oh, so, yeah, I that's, mean, how, that's how that film affects me, it, to be it, honest. Well, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I would say that's that's something i'd say the real horror is jaws the revenge but that's for an entirely different reason <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> i agree <laughs> what what future things are you going to be doing with the bond and with bond and lot what is there anything you'd like to tell the, the listeners about to because pre- i want to get more people from uh, our list of base getting involved with what you're doing I mean, I suppose for me, I'm, I will continue doing the, the sort of the same thing, you know, getting look, you know, going in, delving into the to the films. Um, may, maybe get a few more guests on. I mean, that as I said, it's not really what the channel is about because I know there are other YouTubers sort of out there who do that sort of thing. You know, I'm, I'm sort of trying to be slightly different um, in terms of, but um, 
I'm trying to keep keep things fresh though in terms of what we talk about we don't want to talk about the same sort of thing um also finding that we're getting on um artists and um people who are um within the bond community getting their their their, them known to to other people because it, it doesn't always happen. I mean, I, I, I came, if we talk in terms of cue the music, um, I came very late to cue the music and only found out about them in 2019. Well, of course, then COVID hit and then all well, that was that. And I only went to see them for the first time, as you know, uh, in, yeah. in Buxton, um, you know, a few months ago. So um, it's it's just making things accessible for people, really, so they don't, um, you know, so, so they're aware that there's the, these people out there or this is out there and um so we'll, we'll really just continue doing. i mean i don't make the videos very long because uh they're what tend to be about maybe 10 to 15 minutes maybe sometimes a little longer but people tend to want to just you know watch stuff quite quickly these days that's mm-hmm. just how the type of society we live in isn't it i suppose and, and where can just so to people listening know where can we find you? What what are the uh, the links for you for the your, your so you can it, on Facebook if you just um, type in the Bond Room Unlocked, um, you'll find that that will come straight up. Uh, we got I think it's over uh, over a thousand members. That's just just been a year going on that. Um, the again with the YouTube channel again, just type in the Bond Room Unlocked and you'll find the episodes. We're on. Episode sixty four, I think, was the last one I've just done. Um, so yeah, you, there's all sorts of things in the back catalogue there. There's even a episode on should Aiden Turner be James Bond, and that is actually the episode that's got more views than anything. <laughs> I would say because that's that's opened the audience up to all the Aiden Turner fans that are out there, isn't it, on YouTube? So, um, so yeah, so I'm just going to continue in that vein um, and. And, and just see what see what happens. But re- at the end of the day, it's all about having fun for me and and in getting the fans involved. So yeah, so we'll just we'll just keep doing that. I couldn't put it any better myself. It, the whole everything we're doing uh, is about having fun. So I think without uh, without further to do, I do you, again as I said at the start, I never know which is the right one to go with. Uh, I think that we have been talking enough codswallop, as we say. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Vicky. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I hope you have found it okay. And uh, no, no, great. thank you so much. And I hope you have a pleasant evening. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, James. Thanks. Bye, Bye-bye. everyone.